0: Hey, y'all. Naomi here. We'll bring you a brand new episode next week. Don't worry, but we got to honor our Asian-American Lifetime queens. So we are bringing you a rerun of one of our favorites, Secrets in the Family. So enjoy this pure lifetime gold. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode to kick off Black Music History Month. A Lifetime original podcast.
1: When CJ and I started dating, I remember we got in a fight, like leaving a sporting event. And the fight basically resulted in me going, if we are going to continue dating, I need you to have your phone charged and I need you to have $20 cash no matter what. Because you just don't know what pops up. And he's Absolutely. like, no, do you also have to have $20 cash? I go, no, you don't need to have $20 cash. <laughs> uh,
0: I love a Lifetime movie. People love having a dead phone battery in a Lifetime movie. Call this the Megan Gailey film. Always compliment a white woman's produce. I think it's very easy to
1: get inside my head. And I said,
0: ma'am, you don't need that much jam. No one does. Smells like sex in here. They give you one diaper a week and say, do your best. Put a damn smile
1: on your pixie head.
2: (laughs) Not a good idea to get so close to the edge like that.
1: What's wrong with you?
2: Jason told me you have to leave. I will when I'm ready. (laughs) Hey! You need to leave now.
1: Don't ever touch me again. I'm going. Make it quick. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey joined by my friend, your friend, our. Favorite comedian, Naomi (laughs) Akparagin.
0: Hi, Naomi. (laughs) Megan Gailey, it's always a pleasure to see you on the Zoom. So
1: I'm very excited because this morning I shot out of bed (laughs) when I saw you post
0: that you were a therapist on Family Guy. Thank you so much for your excitement. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being into it. Yes, I play a therapist. And it's funny because when you get the audition, like the offer, it was just like therapist who helps Peter and Lois. Mm-hmm. Then I just get the sides that are like, you're a sex therapist, and basically Peter will not perform oral sex on Lois. Wow. <laughs> Peter. So Peter is DJ Khaled. Yes. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. He is the middle class DJ Khaled. And so yeah, that's what I that's what I had to do and it is out. You belong I mean you are a couples therapist. I have a
1: famous podcast. And so that's where I think you should be playing every sex therapist. You could honestly you could play the sex therapist in my real life. Honestly happy
0: to. You know I'm sex negative, but again it's all a performance. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm acting. Mm-hmm. And I know what like other people, you know, want to do. I'm happy to help, you know. Yeah, you don't
1: understand, understand sex. I, under- You're I understand. just not pro sex. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Get it. Got it.
0: But therapy voice is is a fun voice. I like doing therapist voice, right? Because like in cartoon form, it's very like calm and cool. I
1: did (laughs) a show on Friday and there was poetry and I got to hear people go into their poet voice. And that—that okay. that was a real experience too. And then I was like, "Should I be doing a stand-up voice?"
0: <laughs> oh wait, wait. So I love that you. Said it was a real experience. That is very diplomatic of you. There is nothing I hate more than poetry on a comedy show, or I actually don't. Just I just don't like a variety show in general. I don't like a variety in general because the energy really—it's—it's it's too much of a up and swing. down, up and down, yeah, up and down. it's Too much for me. Yeah.
1: Even like oh, stand-ups, we hate being on the same show as music because it's like music. People like and stand up, (laughs) hit her. her. So if like I, I know you have. We have had to follow bands. We have had to follow musical comedians. Uh I uh went after the poets. Like it's just if if we're if you're gonna have stand up on shows with other things have the stand up be first because we are our own version
0: of freak and we need to be (laughs) corralled in such a way interesting you say that see my thinking is because i have opened in the last year i opened for amy mann and jeff Tweedy. wow and when i tell you those are two audiences that were not having me Okay. Are you serious? But of course, like if you want to hear Amy Mann talk about like save me, you don't want like a black lady yelling at you for fifteen minutes. Yes, you should. You it's should the opposite e- vibe. Everyone
1: should want you. You could open <laughs> for Allison Chains, and they should want you. Like <laughs> I just think that if, if if the Amy Mann audience didn't want you, then they didn't want anybody
0: but Amy Mann. Well, that's very sweet of you. You are my rock. You are my light. But. Maybe that was also true, too. I think it's just two different modes of engaging, right? When you go to watch music, You're vibing, yes. yes. Whereas I think comedy, stand-up, not heckling, even just, like, you have to listen and pay attention. And, like, you are going on a journey in a way that, especially a musician, if you already know their songs, you're just kind of chilling and enjoying just, like, watching them do it. Whereas with stand-up, it's like you got to kind of engage a little bit more. And people don't always want to be doing that. And you know what? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But now I say no. We don't go watch stand-up. We don't go watch it. That's true. <laughs> you know? Like if someone's like, do you want to go to a stand-up show? I'd
1: be like, to perform? But that's us. You do have some, uh, you are getting ready to go. Can I call it tour? Everything's a tour now. Oh, I love these boys. They'll be like, I'm going on tour. And it's like, you're going to Tennessee. <laughs>
0: Well, that's basically me. I'm going on a two-city tour, honey. November 11th and 12th, you can see me at Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington. So if you are in the Burlington area, come through, honey. Two shows a night, two nights. Four opportunities to see me do some material. Then if you are in New York City on November 17th, I am doing a show at 10 p.m. at the Bell House in Brooklyn, and there's some tickets for that. I've got Aparna Nanchurla and Irene Morales opening for me. Wow. And you want to know what, Megan, what I'm so excited about? We added this show because the 7.30 sold out. What a blessing. In demand. What a blessing. In In this economy, in inflation, for you to choose to spend money on a ticket, I have never felt more honored. Yeah. And
1: I think the lake show is going to be sold out too. I wish I could be there, but I will be in Los Angeles where I'm sure it'll still be 100 degrees despite being November.
0: <laughs> oh God. I feel like I've promoted myself enough. We've got to promote this motion picture. We've got to talk about this movie. Megan, tell them what we're talking about.
1: Okay, so this film, a 2022 joint. Heard of that year? Here we are. It is called Secrets in the Family. A nurse's dream job takes a turn for the worse when her wealthy patient dies. I forgot this part of the log line, obviously, because I was very upset. Under mysterious circumstances, being a caretaker prone to mistakes, she becomes a prime suspect in the investigation. She must quickly uncover her patient's family's secrets to prove her innocence. So, without further ado, let's get into this bad boy.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Okay. So we open and I say, Mar Vista Hive, where are you? (laughs) We've got a Mar Vista. (laughs) You know, Naomi and I get excited when we see our Lifetime studios and production companies. We know we're in the hands of Mar Vista. Hive, rise up. We're good to go.
0: (laughs) Well, what do we do? We start, honey, classic cold open. You know, Lifetime, they're bringing you that terror in the beginning, and we see a woman, she's running through a factory, but she can't get out, and she's being pursued by another, what seems like another woman who has a crowbar, and she's wearing high yet sensible heels, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what you're thinking. And again, we don't know anybody's names yet. They're just kind of running. And then Anna, we see her, she grabs like a piece of scrap metal. Just you know, she's making a weapon, honey. She's the one running,
1: and we know her name is Anna because the high-heeled gal with a fun... Short, blonde hairdo pixie is saying, come on out, Anna. Don't make this worse for yourself. So we're like, okay, that's Anna.
0: What's she up to? What's she up to, honey? She's grabbing scrap metal. She's making a weapon, okay? (laughs) And she runs. And what looks like she's maybe running towards the person who's pursuing her. She's running towards Mm -hmm. somebody with her metal. We just know that Anna said, you ain't getting me tonight. Okay? Right. Then we cut. To two weeks earlier. Okay. So this is when, so this is two weeks before Anna is about to kill somebody with scrap metal. Okay. Then we see Anna. She is at
1: work. She is a nursing aide of some sort. And She is pushing an old man in a wheelchair and he keeps whacking her hand with a newspaper. And it's like, sir, now I have worked with lots of old people.
0: I know. This is your area. This is your area of expertise.
1: Of course. You do need to go up. And I know Anna did this. Before you start pushing someone's wheelchair, you need to go to the front of it and go, Hi, I'm Megan. Is it okay if I push your wheel? You can't just yeah. unlock them and push them. Yeah. Not appropriate. <laughs> but I know Anna introduced herself, but then she's like, we're going to go see Mrs. And he goes, me. Eh. So it's like, okay, that's why he's, he thinks she's taken him to the proctologist, but really she's like, listen, we're going to go see your honey. And he's like, all right, let's do it. So we see that like in this scene, we learn, Old people can be testy, but old people can also be nice. But that
0: Anna, Anna has the patience. Because literally he keeps hitting her. Like he repeatedly hits her hand and she just takes it. And she never Mm -hmm. resists. So it's like, we know Anna is calm. We know Anna is able to deal with a difficult patient, to say the least. Yes. Okay? That's what we're setting up. Absolutely. And then we see... You know, Anna's in the break room with her friend and her friend is showing her a job listing for a full time live in nurse in like a giant mansion in a small town called Stone River. But it pays six grand a month. Okay, that's not enough. Wait, is it not? I don't
1: think so, because if you do the math on that, that's seventy two thousand dollars a year. I think a live in nurse needs to be making north of that.
0: But even if they're putting you up, you have a free room and board too? I don't know, I'm curious, okay. Yes. I mean, like it should be, but I don't have people do.
1: Yes, because I don't want to live at the house. Like, that. I'm like, you should, I think you should honestly be paying extra for 24 hour care? That's like, because if you if you're in a nursing care facility and it's, you know how much those cost now? Over 30 <gasps> grand a month. A month? Over 30
0: grand a month?
1: Oh yeah people you need to get your long-term care insurance because it is expensive oh my God. I mean when I worked at a nursing home and that was I worked at a retirement community I actually do not like the term nursing home when I worked at the retirement community that was 10 years ago and it was twenty four thousand dollars then oh Jesus yep so we're talking a thousand dollars a day so
0: what can I do to be set up for this because you know I'm childless and will remain so I actually don't know I'm like how do we Kind of do this. I need to make a plan.
1: I think we can get long-term care insurance.
0: All right, you guys. Everyone, check your affairs. Get your affairs in order, honey, because we want to get a nice nurse pushing us, okay? We don't want nobody <laughs> abusing us or leaving us in a room for 20 hours, okay? No,
1: and you don't want to have to be in one of the places that the United States government is subsidizing <laughs> because, oh, boy. Basically, those... Take a sleeping back to the DMV, and that'll <laughs> give you what that's going to look like.
0: They give you one dipo a week and say, do your best. Oh my gosh. So because we learn Anna is fresh from a breakup, so she figures, why not go and interview for this job? It's like, why not go to Stone River? What else is she doing? She's alone. That's Stone River. <laughs> so we see Anna. She has a job interview with brother and sister Jason and Carla. And Carla mm-hmm. is giving us the severe pixie. Isn't that what you would call that? A severe pixie kind of? Yes. Yes. And platinum blonde, platinum blonde. Right. It's very house of cards. Mm.
1: And she is mean, like not just rude, just very mean. Like genuinely, you need some love. She needs some sex therapy because it's like, Carla, you're obviously rich. Why are you? (laughs) That's what I All these rich people, it's like, when I find out someone's rich and they're not smiling 24 hours a day, I'm like, what, and I, listen, we've all heard more money, more
0: problems. Well, if you're rich and white, I'm like, honey, you're fine. Like, unless you have some health thing going on, you are actually fine. Truly as fine as can be. You're
1: interviewing someone at a nice restaurant. That's not where interviews usually take place. You get to have bread and soup and a salad and just conduct
0: your business. Put a damn smile on your pixie head. (laughs) Well, luckily though, for Anna, Jason, the brother, he's uh, the friendly one. He's the nice guy. Mm -hmm. He's like really trying to kind of warm her up. He even actually seems a little too flirty. I'll tell you that right now. Yes, absolutely. And Carla notes that too. She's like, all right, put it in your pants. Calm down. But basically we learned that. Jason and Carla are running the family business and they, you know, they don't have time to take care of their mother. And their mother is the person that Anna will be taking care of. They're saying that she has dementia. She's in the early stages and Mm -hmm. is just at the point where now she needs more than just for them to pop by every now and then, you know. And then Anna, you know, says that she's single and Jason seems to enjoy that. And then he hires her on the spot. And Carla does not appreciate that.
2: You offer her the job without consulting me first? Oh, come on. She's the best candidate we've seen. She's more than qualified, and she's got a a personality.
1: And I suppose the fact that she's pretty and flirty didn't factor into your decision at
0: all. But it's also like, yeah, like, okay, I'll tell you this about Anna, too. Like, Anna is, she's smiley. She's the kind of person mm-hmm. who... You can't, again, you can just whack her with a newspaper and she's fine with it. Or like when she gets to the interview and she's late and Carla's like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, oh, you know how work, it. you know, like she's not easily, you can't dim her light. She's a real sunshine gal. No, she's
1: personable. And she gives the impression from this interview that she has good bedside yes. manner. And that's very, very important in across the medical field, but especially with patients struggling with, memory Mm
0: -hmm. but they also but they also do hint at they're like you know she's a bit difficult right they say she has some downers but also just like she's a difficult person right because they're like you'll have to cook for her she's picky you know so it's like so you're starting to get the little Mm -hmm. taste right but anna again jason offers her the job on the spot she's like yes six thousand a month i can go back to nursing school she's like very excited right and so when she gets up to stone river she stops at what to me looks like a roadside stand, but is actually the local grocery store. Okay, but it looks like where you go to pick apples.
1: Uh, that's what I'm like, are we not in the checkout of Tuttle's Apple Orchard in my hometown? Oh, like you're telling me you got cereal at this place? I don't think so. <laughs> no,
0: but when she talks to the store owner, because you know, again, she's smiley, she's friendly. We get the first signs that this dream job may not be so dreamy. Listen to this. What brings you to Stone River?
2: New job. I'm working for the Regans, do you know them?
0: Everyone knows the Regans. Oh. They got a pretty bad reputation around
2: here. Why's that? They've ruined a lot of people's lives. But I'm sure if you're working in the office, you'll be fine. The old witch is retired now.
1: Okay. Love him. Love the keeper of the tea. (laughs) (laughs) The man who runs the roadside stand grocery store. Anna does not let this dissuade her. She gets her flowers, which I thought was very nice. She pulls up to the house. The house is big. And flirty brother Jason is there. He introduces her to Terry, the property manager. And Terry is a classic Lifetime character. Yep, yep, yep. Rude for no reason. Every time we meet a property manager, we had this in that movie where the woman wanted to, like, move back into the house, whatever. There's always, like, hey, I help run the property, and I got an attitude. Yeah. And they seem to be a package
0: deal when it comes to Lifetime. Well, I said Surly groundskeeper needs to go on the Lifetime bingo. Cause it's always a surly yes. groundskeeper. He keeps the grounds and he hates everyone. And you're like, why is he still employed? It's like, I would not employ somebody who got an attitude problem like that. It's like, you seem like you would kill us. And you're always, also too, you know surly groundskeepers always carrying an ax.
1: Always. They, uh, they always have a weapon because their job is weapons. And it's like, it seems like you have this job because you like trees and you're outside with the trees. Also, you should be smiling. The rich people need to be smiling and the groundskeeper need to be smiling.
0: (laughs) Megan, you're like a terrible man on the street. You're like, smile. I know, smile. Okay,
1: so we go in, we meet Joan Regan. I know they want us to dislike her because she's cold and waspy and not nice. And when I meet Joan, I go, "I love this gal. This
0: is your stuff. This is your stuff. A woman after my own heart. <laughs> this is who you are going to be. This is who you aspire to be when you're 75."
1: And I find Joan to to ring true. She's like, "So you're my new babysitter," and that's like we. That's what my not my nanny lived with my family for three years from pretty moderate Alzheimer's to very, you know, severe. And so I have lived with a dementia Alzheimer's patient and then went and worked in it. So this is really in my (laughs) wheelhouse. And what makes it even more in my wheelhouse, oh boy, you said, Megan, did they just make a movie for you? Joan tries to guess what nationality Anna is. (laughs) And Anna goes, I'm Filipino. I jumped out of my bed. <laughs> oh my gosh, I said, we got a Filipino nurse taking care of a woman with Alzheimer's. Called this the Megan Gailey film.
0: <laughs> hey, Megan, I knew she was Filipino immediately. Like when she came on screen, when she introduced herself as Anna Garcia, because I see that face in yes. a Garcia, I think Philippines.
1: Of course, I knew she was Filipino immediately too. But we didn't know if Lifetime would check that, you know? Exactly. And CJ also has asked me to stop guessing that people are Filipino. <laughs> and I go, I'm a Filipino child now. Am I not part of the <laughs> Filipino universe? And he's like, you are not. You are the whitest person on earth. You have to stop pointing at people and going they're Filipino. That is not a game. That is not a good game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: so I was reserving that
0: okay you understand that's very smart of you I mean I, I just wanted you to know I was like I'm clocking your people I'm clocking your people by marriage okay thank you thank you that night Jason Carla Joan and Anna all have dinner cause you know it's like Anna's just gotten here so it's like why don't we just all kind of sit together and see what's up and mm-hmm. Joan is so mean to her children and Anna is just so sitting there mean. trying to make some polite small talk and she's like I love the apples. And then for some reason, that really yeah. softened Joan because she's like, I picked them myself from the mm. orchard, you know? And you've <laughs> got to find, when it, look, I'm going to give you a hot tip that I've learned, you know, from Lifetime. One, we learned that white wine is an olive branch. Also, always compliment a white woman's produce. That's it, okay? <laughs> you want her on your side? You give her a glass of Chardonnay and you say, love the arugula, okay? <laughs> Whatever you can do to get her. I mean, especially, you know, a waspy one, naturally. So that's like, Kind of, you know, you start to see Anna as like, okay, kind of maybe working her way. And she gets a small smile from Joan. But then we also, at dinner, is like all this resentment, you know. Basically, Joan is like, Jason was the idiot kid. He was a mess. Mm-hmm. Carla and Jason both felt like they didn't get to have fun as kids. Mom was always working. Because the whole thing is like, again, this is a very, you know, small town, Stone River. And it seems as though the Regan family is the employer of the town. Right, like there's is it a steel plant, a steel mill? I think it's a steel mill. Mill? But they say plant, and then I get confused. And you know, I don't understand about those kind of business things.
1: Well, yes. And so Joan seemingly hates her children. (laughs) And and Jason and Carla hate each other, too. Like, they're ripping on each other's marriages or lack thereof. And I don't, I, I guess Joan pitted them against each other. No, the dad is dead. And has been for a long time. And I guess I
0: do kind of admire Joan that she was like, eh, don't need a man. I'll do it on my own. (laughs) But also she was like, I also don't need these kids. She wasn't having it. But also, again, but back to I can't stand Carla. After dinner, Carla hands Anna the trash like she's the maid. Like literally shoves it in her face and is like, take out the garbage. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, man, one, it's the first day, calm down. Second of all, there are nicer ways to say, can you take out the trash? Also, she's not your maid. She's not your maid. No,
1: she's been trying to help. It's not like she's eating bonbons on the couch. Like at the moment she steps through the door through getting the trash flung at her, She's like, what can I do? How can I help? And they've been like, you're, we're good. No, you don't start till tomorrow. And then Carla's like, you're not doing anything. It's like, she's been trying to do stuff. To make matters worse, she brings the trash out. And who's she run into? Old meanie head Terry. Listen to this. No! Ah!
2: The raccoons will get into it. I'll be the one cleaning up the mess. Sorry, I didn't know you are still here. I'll leave when the work's done. You could have joined us for supper. Doesn't take you long to make yourself at home, does it? No, I just meant that I'm sure the Regans wouldn't mind. Wasn't invited. Have yourself a good evening with the family. And remember, you're not one
0: of them. And you never will be. Okay. Wh- why are you so mad? He is so mad. <laughs> and, like, and this happens a lot in Lifetime movies when someone will be so mad. And it's, to me, Terry's obviously red herring vibes. Exactly. But it's still never explained why they were so mad. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, he's... No, we do not find out why he's crazy from the jump. Because he crazy from the jump, girl. But we do find out that he is
1: missing a hand. And I didn't even know that.
0: Honey, we don't find that out. We don't find out until 10 minutes to the end. And we saw that man for, on the screen for like 35 minutes.
1: <laughs> I think we were supposed to know he didn't have a hand. And I'm like... I know, we were. We were. Terry has two hands, to me, and a bad
0: attitude. <laughs> and I, I... But he... Now you all know Terry is missing He's a, missing hand. a hand. I guess we were supposed to clock it. I thought it was a glove, but it was a prosthetic, I guess.
1: Also, I do think to some extent, invite Terry in for dinner too. Like never have been, never will be. Why can't Terry sit down and eat with them? Yeah, it's like so,
0: so crazy. But basically after that terrible interaction with Terry, we learned that some big things, of course, you know, when, when Lifetime puts it in the dialogue, you got to pay attention. Yes. And that is Joan is not allowed to drive. And she has a severe allergy to peanuts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also, Jason, remember the little flirty, a little too flirty Jason, says he will pop in every day, probably at the end of the day, just to check in on things. Right. So we know we're going to see his, his butt a lot. And Carla makes some snide comment about how he just wants a free meal. But then Anna says, you'll never show up to an empty plate, which felt so wifely to me. It was like, why are you doing too much. Anna's a little too shiny, like cutesy for my energy. It's not my taste. I need her. You yeah. can be upbeat and like good at your job without sounding like, like you'll never come home to an empty plate. Oh God, calm down, Anna. Jesus. I'm going to reserve some of my thoughts. Also,
1: Carla, let him get a meal. Uh, like the things that people are angry about in this movie, I don't understand. Right. Like, it's like, why can't your brother eat food? Right. Let him eat food. Right. Okay. Joan's not allowed to drive, and it's like no one is letting Joan yeah, drive. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> we, there's no one in their right mind is giving Joan some right. keys. That night, Joan has a nightmare. Anna comes in, and and Joan, like I did notice that she was watching some sort of National Geographic, and she's like the lioness, like the <laughs> like the National Geographic seeped into her nightmare. And I just want to say, I feel seen. That happens to me all the time.
0: <laughs> Wait, specifically with National Geographic or anything. No, you're no, watching. just
1: like we'll be watching something, or CJ and I will have talked about someone, and then it's like they're in mm-hmm. my dream that night. My brain, I think is, I think it's very easy to get inside my head. <laughs> and then in the morning, she has no memory of it, but
0: she does have Alzheimer's. But again, this whole the whole thing, you know, with Joan, because she does seem to be in the early stages of it. It's these long stretches of lucidity, and then mm-hmm. moments of lapsing and forgetting. So it's so tough at times when you're like, okay. When she's lucid, it's like, okay, is she lucid? Is what she's telling Anna the truth? You know what I'm saying? Like, in these because because like, we don't right. have anything to compare it to as viewers. Like, you're watching, you're like, okay, I found myself watching, being like, okay, is this about to be a lie that we're going to find out as a lie on the other end? You know, because we, we are told right. she has dementia, but anyway. Well, and there was this, so sometimes
1: with, I've experienced this, there was a woman at the place I worked at, and I loved this gal. Like, I would open up the door, biggest smile, huh? Hey! Like the opposite of Terry. And so one day I said to her daughter, who was lovely, I go, your mom is just the sweetest woman. And she goes, before Alzheimer's, my mom was actually a really nasty person, wow. very mean. And she forgot everything she was mad about. Mm. And, and but I've heard it the other right. way where uh, people, someone is so sweet and lovely and Alzheimer's confuses them naturally. Like, of course, I, I can't even imagine. It's one of my greatest fears. to to lose control of of your mind in that way. And they become nasty. And so with Joan, you're like, where does she fall on that spectrum? They go to the grocery store. And I love this. My Nani and I used to go to the grocery store almost every single day. It was very soothing for her. We would have to go down every Uh aisle. I'd be like, Nani, we don't have a cat. And she's like, we're going down the cat food aisle. (laughs) And I do think there was something about like, here, here is everything. You know where everything right. is. It is labeled. It was, it was soothing. Oh, we'd go to the salad bar, rest in
0: peace. And we would just have a time at Marsh. Marsh is no longer and I'm mm. devastated by it. But Joan likes going to the grocery store. But I think that's very funny because everyone hates her. And Anna overhears the shopkeepers talking. Uh, Carla doesn't seem
2: as bad. Give her time. Remember what she did to Jenny Conroy? That was years ago. Tell that to Jenny. She still gets migraines from where Carla cracked her skull.
0: And we know, again, Joan's daughter cracked somebody's skull. But because she was a Regan, she didn't have to pay any price for what she did. And then Joan, like, dr- first, Joan is carrying, like, five jars of jam. And I said, ma'am, you don't need that much jam. No one does. In one sitting, how, how much jam are you using? I'm going to tell you this right now. Our mutual friend, Alyssa Mastromonaco, sent me some beautiful homemade jam. And when I tell you she sent me like five jars of jam, I'm like, I can't go through five jars of jam before it expires. And this is like, she's famous. So it's like, oh, listen,
1: we're not just gonna hand out your jam to other people. Well, this is my thing. I might have
0: to gift it. I might have to give some jam.
1: I brought... Alyssa's jam home to my parents because my parents love oh, Alyssa. And they mm. were, uh, oh my God, i mean, this is White House jam basically to them. It, it, yeah. it, it <laughs> might as well have been Kennedy made the jam. And so they, and it's very good jam.
0: It's delicious jam. You can order it online. Think about it. Three dancing bears plugging jam.
1: So Joan is carrying this jam and then she spots the
0: owner well she drops the jam this is the whole thing she's holding too much jam she drops the jar of jam and then she gets mad at everyone else and it's like she's like these glasses too slippery like that's what's happening because she's embarrassed well right but i do think in general right and it's partially as you're saying going through something that's disorienting to her maybe but she i think is a general a person who lashes out meaning when she makes a mistake it's somebody else's fault she, like, can't take – even in her moments of lucidity, she's kind of like, this isn't me, it's you. And so, again, this coupled with people talking trash about her, you're like, oh, okay, we see why the town doesn't like Joan.
1: Right. She says to the shopkeeper, you used to work for me, and I fired you, probably for being incompetent. Yes. <laughs> it's like, loud Joan. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean,
1: she does make me laugh, though. Like, it's like – there's something about it. I don't know when a, when, when an old person is Yeah, it's mean, fun. Sometimes I go, they got a point. Fun. They got a point. No, it's fun. I think I would be <laughs> My
0: grandma, she was pretty mean. And she only kind of softened, like, in her... She died in 90 98. And she probably softened around 88. Do you know what I mean? But, like, she was so scary. Yeah. We were, like, scared of her. She was so mean. But then as she got older, and, like... She was just like, I think she was maybe in the final decade was finally having a little fun with it. You know what I mean? Meaning life, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. in general, she was always like, she was really mean and she would be like, shut your asses up. Like that's what she would always say. <laughs> like we were like literally just like being children, like actors, she'd be like, shut your ass up.
1: And I was like. <laughs> and the thing is, she had a point. Like she's like, you're loud. So Joan buys dog food and then blames Anna and Joan says her dog was poisoned. She's like, I don't, my dog is daddy, poisoned. And I'm like, that is cr- a crazy right. thing to do to right. him. Like, we actually never find out if Buster, Buster comes up a few times, which is such a classic movie right. dog right. Name. I've never met a dog named Buster. Every dog in a film is called Buster. <laughs> but it's like, did he get poisoned? Uh-huh. Who poisoned right. him? I, right, right. Can we do, we need the origin story sometimes we want sequels i want a prequel justice for buster right
0: right right right. just jones early days when she's like a badass boss you know what i mean no one respects a woman and she's like did she kill her husband well we found out he's dead but somebody somebody else might have done it somebody else might have done it in stone river you know what i mean like no one likes them i'm like everyone could be a suspect really is the vibe but basically even though there's like this snap this moment where again, Joan buys the dog food, blames it on Anna. She's like, I didn't. But then Anna's like, sure, I did. You know, again, Anna's not trying to fight with you. Anna's like, I want to keep you alive. I want you to be like as happy and healthy as you can be. Yeah. And then Joan and Anna go for a walk. And on this walk, we learn a couple of facts that are, t- you know, one thing that we learn is like, basically, the they're walking on the grounds of their giant estate. And like, basically, one side of the road has, like, a drop-off, a steep drop-off. And you got to be careful. you got to stay to the middle when you're walking this road. But then also they kind of bond because Joan's husband has died. Anna's parents have died. And you see, like, a little bit of tenderness, right? It's like, we've both been mm-hmm. through things and we're still standing, right? And they even, like, kind of lock arms. And then I'm kind of like, okay, Anna and Joan is besties. This is the vibe. Yeah. I love it. I go, this is what I want for the rest of the movie. I don't want there to be any drop right? But then we get to dinner, and, you know, Jason is there, you know, for his lasagna. And, I mean, Joan cannot stand him. It's nope, like a him. savage. And... Also Jason really likes Anna and at one point he touches her hand and I swear to god it looks like she's having an orgasm. She is so titillated by his hand on hers. I couldn't even take it. And
1: Jason is not no, a huck. No 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 no. And it is not no. has has dork theater teacher energy. So it's like maybe Anna is excited by the fact that he's rich <laughs> but like you n- we just if you have not seen this film no one is getting there. Panties in a bunch over <laughs> I know. They're just not. They're just not. I know. Anna, so especially to be like cut down in front of your mother. Like, there's actually nothing more emasculating.
0: I know. That's the thing. It's like every time Anna's with him, he's with his mother who was just like doing him dirty. Roasting. Yeah. Like, sex. I know.
1: And she's like, hmm, what a hug. <laughs> Batting her eyes. Okay. So that night, Joan has another. Another nightmare, and is waving a fire poker. Lifetime we Bingo. I, no one is doing more for the fire poker industry <laughs> than the Lifetime Movie Network. And she said someone was trying to get in. She's scared. She's crying. She's like everyone in the town hates me. It's really sad. And so Anna is like consoling her back to bed, and she's like I'll stay with you, kind of like a a, a child that mm-hmm. has a nightmare in some ways. And then next morning Carla comes in to take. Joan to the doctor, and she finds Anna asleep in bed with
0: Joan, and she's pissed. Livid. Beyond piss. Livid. That is weird. I know. She's like, what is going on here? You
1: think Anna and Joan are hooking up. <laughs> is that what you think is happening, Carla? Like, what do you think is going on? She's her nurse. She gives her baths. She does things for her, and they fell asleep in bed. I- if- if I came in and a nurse was in asleep in bed with my mom,
0: I would take pictures and I go, this is beautiful. This is heartwarming. Truly heartwarming. You're like, wow, somebody cares that much. Like she's with her. Not Carla. But then surprisingly, Joan stands up for Anna. She's like, "She, she yep. I asked her to be with me. I was, you know, whatever. And Carla is just, she's such a Maleficent. She's so just like storybook villainess to me. And she's like, Basically, you know, when she's leaving with her mom for the doctor, she tells Anna to clean the bathrooms. And it's like, don't get so familiar with my mother. And it's like, calm down, Judy Garland. Something about her just felt very excessive. It was cartoonish. Also, you guys, you got to know this whole other layer. This movie is as Canadian as they come. Every single person has a strong Canadian accent. And that also just not takes me out of it. But it really does hammer home some of the more histrionic moments.
1: I I also, they're Canadian and they're not doing anything to hide it. And I'm like, I just don't think Canadians are this mean. (laughs) Like uh, Carla as a Canadian just doesn't-
0: A rich Canadian, a rich Canadian no less. Yeah, so then- Anna's left alone. She's cleaning the bathroom in a really pretty sweater. I don't understand. Okay, that sweater, I saw it. I said it was, when you said it was a beautiful sweater, I was like, that's so your style. I've definitely seen you on stage <laughs> in one of these. Like, it's like a cropped little number with like two buttons. Yes, but I'm just like,
1: why is Anna cleaning the bathroom? Why is she doing it in a cashmere sweater? And then Terry comes in, he's being rude, and he accuses Anna of gold digging. Like, he's like, you want to be with Jason because you're a gold digger. And it's like, Terry, Go away. <laughs> Fall off the cliff. I hate Terry so
0: much. I mean, he's out of his mind. You also have to realize, like, at this point, what is this, three days? She's only been there three days? Like, like, Terry, she's taking care of a woman with dementia. What do you want? Yes, you're both the staff. Like, you should be, you should be bonding. Yeah, you should be helping her, showing her the lay of the land, telling her what to do. And, like, so that's what I am get. I'm getting. like, why are you so upset about this? This doesn't make any sense. So... Joan gets back from the doctors, but
1: she forgot her purse. Anna goes up to get it and she spies Terry and Carla talking. And it's like arguing. It doesn't, they seem, it seems tense. And then they're like, what do you want? (laughs) And then she's like, um, nothing. And when Anna goes back in,
0: she finds Joan in anaphylactic shock. Where did the peanuts come from? Where did the peanuts come from? And also I'm like, what? Has she had this much time to make a peanut butter sandwich and take a bite? And there's a whole thing about them, like literally Anna, when they went to the store, like bought her soy butter. You know what I mean? Like Anna was like yes. so you she was so serious and focused on like when they went to the store, like there weren't even any peanuts. You know what I'm saying? Crossing the threshold. So it's like, how, how, how. Anna grabs the EpiPen, obviously saves Joan's life. But it's still terrifying for everybody. And Anna feels t- Carla's. Carla's best. Carla and Jason are pissed. Anna overhears them arguing about her and, like, how she bought the peanut butter. But then also Anna calls her friend, like, the nurse friend who told her to take the job in the first place. She calls her and is like, I don't know how this could have happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she, this is not her. And this is why I made my little sound in the log line. She's not prone to mistakes. You know what I'm saying? She is She's not. She is being set up. And what's funny too is like the acting around
1: this is so intense and I understand that. A woman almost died, but the thing that they're being so intense about is peanut butter. So they're like, I didn't buy that peanut butter. (laughs) Like it's just, it's. You know she can't have peanut butter. It's Citizen Kane level, but about Jeff. Like it is so funny. (laughs) Okay. So Anna is really upset. She's packing to leave. Jason comes in and she's trying to quit. And he's like, Anna,
2: Anna, you saved the day. You can't leave. I I love how you've connected with mom. She would be so disappointed if you left. I would too.
1: And then they kiss. And I said, this is This is crazy. And then she kisses back. And I said, this is crazy. And
0: then, they have sex. Cut to them. Cut to them in Anna's bed, putting their clothes back on. And can I tell you one of my biggest pet peeves, oh, Megan? My, my biggest pet peeve, like in film and television, is when crying turns into kissing. When a woman cries and a man like kisses her and then it becomes this like sexual moment. It very much upsets me because I, it, it, it intertwines someone's suffering with, with like sexual desire. You see what I'm saying? And I, there's nothing I hate more. There's nothing I hate more. I do believe I've
1: been guilty of crying straight into sex. I'm sure like, you I have. Like, I think that has worked on me before. Like, kiss me and then I'm like, okay, I'll have sex. Um, I just, Jason, when they are, so when, okay. He kissed her and I go, inappropriate you should you should actually resign even faster now leave your <laughs> leave your
0: stuff yeah 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 again this is night four okay you like just got here you already smashing your boss grab the sweater and run and then she kisses him back and
1: i go this is this yeah. is absolutely in- yeah, yeah, yeah. insane and, and that, the fact that they had
0: sex naomi i know
1: i I, I died. You died like Joan almost did just four hours earlier? I had to shoot myself with an EpiPen because I'm allergic to Jason having sex. <laughs> oh my God.
0: But then after they have sex, it's like he never even had sex because he immediately starts complaining about his childhood. Listen to this.
2: Look, um, you've only known her for a couple days. You're seeing her in her old age. You're seeing her mellowed out. You didn't have to live with her when she was tearing strips off me for coming home late. Calling all my buddies losers and calling all my girlfriends sluts. No, I had to sneak out to my own grad party. Not like Carla, no. Carla was the chosen one and I was this wild child that had to be kept on a short leash. And you see how she talks to me, right? Like I'm still 12 years old.
0: Can
1: you imagine? What? Can
0: you imagine? I know my mama didn't let me play,
1: and then to make matters worse, that mommy who didn't let him play comes in and she's like, What's going on here? She's looking for her walker. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I'm surprised because, like, this isn't something an old person would do. It smells like sex in here. You know <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Okay, but Anna does find the grocery store receipt at some point, and it says soy butter. She is vindicated, but Jason brushes it off. And that is when I felt solidified in my theory that Jason is the villain.
0: Right, right. He really did not seem to care whatsoever when she was like, look, I bought soy butter. And he's like, well, maybe it was the wrong, they scanned the wrong item. Like he was just so not having it. And I think it was also for me, him just keep trying to have sex? Him just having sex. Yeah, yeah. Him ha- having yeah. sex with her. And just like, again, your mother almost died literally four hours ago. And you just don't seem pressed whatsoever.
1: Yeah. And the sex feels like a distraction to Exactly, method.
0: exactly. And it's like, oh my God. The next thing we see, Joan and Anna are on a walk in the woods. Again, Joan's back. She's, you know, she's healthy. She's safe. She's back. And somehow Joan is actually not mad at Anna. She's like, oh, it wasn't your fault. And I was not expecting that because. She likes Anna better than her children. Well, I guess so. But like, but then like, remember when like she accidentally bought, not Anna, but when Joan accidentally bought the dog food and then she blamed Anna for doing it. Like, yeah. It just felt like that was her kind of character MO that she Mm -hmm. was, but they're besties, honey. When they go, honey, when they're walking in the woods, they're besties. That's it. Okay. And. And we cut to, like, at one
1: point, Joan's like, you need to be careful because they're coming after me and they could be coming for you. And then they cut to Terry, who is digging a grave. (laughs) Like, I know he's probably doing something for excavation. It looks like he is digging a grave. And he just, like, stares at them with a shovel. And it's like, you are too, 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 too
0: much. (laughs) Later that day, Anna sees Carla going into a shed. And so she follows her and overhears her talking to Terry. And this is what happens. Carla and Terry, they stay whispering. They stay whisper fighting in corners. They're up to something. The whole time. The whole movie, that's all Carla and Terry, whisper fight. And Anna is not good at being clever. So like, of course she's standing outside the shed and just like knocks over. (laughs) Knocks over a rake. And then when they come out, she's like, I'm raking. (laughs) Which I thought that was so (laughs) funny. It's like, babe, you are not raking where (laughs) there are no leaves by the side of a shed. But That night, Anna and Joan sit under a blanket together on the porch drinking tea, Mm. which is my elderly fantasy. That's all I want. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. You know, my friend Alana and I, we would always talk about being old women together sharing a blanket. And Megan, if you would like to be part of that elderly vision, I would be more than happy to share a blanket with you in my old age. In my young age, which is my old age. No, I say let's do it now. I want my own blanket because I like to wrap it under my legs. (laughs) But I will
1: bring, like since I'm demanding my own blanket, I will bring you your own blanket too.
0: Oh, okay. So we'll be side by side in our blankets, but the blankets have to match Megan, they yes, have to match. Course, and we'll, Oh my God, you know and, we have yet to wear our matching pajamas.
1: And mine fit now. So I'm ready whenever. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in pajama shape now. And then Joan is like, bring in Buster. And Buster is who has passed. And I want Mabel to live the longest life a dog has ever lived, like Guinness Book of World Records style. But I do imagine in your old age, you'll be like, where's Mabel? And I'll be like, um, Mabel, she went outside for a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that will be me. She will stay in my heart and mind long after she is gone. While they're sitting there having their tea, like two Canadian old lady friends, Joan tells Anna basically that Carla is going to inherit the majority stake in the company when she's gone. She's like, Carla has good business sense. Jason's immature. He's an idiot. So, you know, again, Joan just really hates Jason. And again, this is another negativity that's never really explained.
1: No, because it's like you raised them. Like, it's not like they went away somewhere. Like, if Jason is an idiot, it's your fault, Joan. Like, I am sorry, but that's on you, girl. Okay, the scariest scene of the movie is about to happen. I would like to issue a trigger warning.
0: Anna goes into her room that night and she discovers. She pulls back the covers. She pulls back the covers. And what's there, Megan? What does she say? A
1: dead snake.
2: Just a garter snake. Eh, they get in the house sometimes. Chasing field mice, we put poison baits out for the mice
0: and I think he ate the wrong mouse.
2: And it happened to die in my bed.
0: Y'all. Y'all. Just imagine you, you're you just toasty. You're ready to pull back the covers and settle in. And what do you see but a garter snake? And when I saw you, this this snake was too coiled, too long, too no! much oh my god! Oh, my God. I just lifted my foot off the ground. I got so scared. And I was like, this is insane. And then I also was like, what kind of witchy nonsense is this? Like, I'm like, okay, who's practicing Santeria? What's going on? Why is there yeah. a snake in a bed? They're in Stone River, which is basically, you know, winter. insert New England, you know, Canadian winter town. I'm like, where did you go get a snake and you put it in her bed t- to do what? Y'all, this to me, the snake was a turn. The snake was a turn. We were now on a whole new journey in this motion picture. And because we're on a whole new journey, we gotta take a break and get ready for that journey.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
1: I need to make a confession. I thought until this exact moment that we watched this movie that they were called Gardener Snakes and they are actually called garter snakes yes
0: but there also are i think garden snakes also exist look i don't i I don't want to know too much about snakes i'll tell you that right now
1: snakes are my number one fear wow they truly terrify me i am like so scared of them and i've been able to overcome it i obviously love bodies of water Mm -hmm. and so i do go into them but like Oh my God. Just, oh, blah, 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 blah. Indiana Jones and I, we got a lot in common because <laughs> the snakes and to have one in your bed. I, it's
0: not even a wash the sheets situation. It's a burn the sheets. I go, Terry, I know. I burn know. the sheets. Well, but no, but what happens? So what happens is that Jason comes and he gets rid of the snake. But then when Anna tells him, she's like, I think it was Terry and Carla trying to send me a message. Jason brushes it off. And that's when I was certain he was the mastermind. Cause I was like, you're being way too chill about a whole snake getting to the second floor of a home in someone's bed. And then what does he do? He goes, you want me to tuck you in? Again, he's trying to hook up again. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I need a new bed, actually. I need you to buy me a full new mattress. Burn it all. Get me something new that has not been with snake. Can you? I wouldn't be able to sleep that night, Megan. I would be no. certain like something was crawling on me, slithering on me. Like there'd be oh, no way. I'm packing and I'm leaving. I, I,
1: I, and, and if I've connected with Joan, I'm bringing Joan with me. Right. Because I can't have a snake in her bed. Unfortunately, she has another nightmare. There's a man outside, she says, and it's like <laughs> hard to track.
0: Exactly, like, exactly. There could be,
1: there also couldn't be. Then Anna and Joan go for one of their famous walks and Anna is like, are you sure you want to wear those loafers, which are these like really cute Gucci loafers. And I said, that is a good nurse. OK, <laughs> I'm like you can't wear your loafers out in the rain. And then we see Terry and he says, uh, you be careful on that wet ground, Mrs. Regan. Wouldn't want you to fall and break something. Shut up, Terry. Why don't you fall and break something?
0: <laughs> I wish. I mean, well, he's already lost a hand. But <laughs> for God, I, I know we forget about him not having a hand.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. Cause we didn't know at this no, time. No, we don't know. We, we know don't know.
0: Yet. What I want to say about Joan, like, you know, again, at this point, you know, we're the midpoint of the movie and we've seen Joan a bunch. I'm obsessed with how rich old ladies like dress like the queen of England just around their house. Yeah. Like it feels very old muddy to me. What do you call it though? Like Joan is basically in like she'll be wearing like kind of a tweed. What like what do you call those outfits? Is it a suit? No, she's in like a sweater and slacks. But it's always like kind of that button down, kind of like the little
1: like um it's a not a house jacket, because it's more no, elevated it's than elevated. that.
0: Elevated, she'd wear that to the
1: country club. There's this brand called Saint John's. <laughs> and I've always been like when I, I wanna be old and rich enough to wear Saint John's okay. it, like only yeah and yeah it's just this like chic sort of and i'm sure i'm sure joan goes to palm beach it like i'm sure she has a warm weather destination mm-hmm. and she's got some resort wear but yeah she's dressed lovely and and fur cuffs and yeah, and gucci loafers
0: but also very formally exactly like you're uh-huh. in your house like my grandma wore sweatpants and like a chill blouse you know what i mean Like I don't, I think she stopped wearing a bra in like 1990. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like, whereas like Joan is just really like she's she could walk into a business meeting, right? Like she's ready to meet the shareholders at any time. And I love that your
1: grandmother's wearing sweatpants and a blouse. Like she was zoom, she was zoom ready before Zoom. Exactly, (laughs) it was a business up top, party
0: on the bottom. (laughs) Exactly, she was comfortable, she was loose, and so then that night. Joan and Anna have dinner with Jason. And look, we keep talking about how Joan can't stand him. Now it's, I want you to just hear a prime example of how Joan talks to her son and why it is very clear he has a motive to kill her. Listen.
1: I want Carla to send flowers to Doris and Eddie. It's their 50th wedding anniversary Saturday. Yeah.
2: well, I can take care of that for you, Mom.
1: No, I want Carla to do it. You don't know a rose from a petunia. <laughs>
2: It's just flowers, mom.
0: I'm sure that I can.
1: I don't need you embarrassing me by sending a garish arrangement.
0: I okay. mean, I That's see why Jason might be pissed.
1: Yeah, and I don't understand, because Jason is nice to Joan. Yeah, it's not he like is. And, and Carla's snippy with her, but they do,
0: like, Jason doesn't do anything to warrant I know. how much Joan hates him. I know, I know. There's never an explanation, but... They're sitting there and they're having some cider. They're drinking cider and also they drink the cider like it's wine. They take small sips. They drink it out of goblets. I said, calm down. It's just apple juice. And immediately after drinking their cider, both Anna and Joan... Yawn, they're so tired,
1: yeah, it's been spiked,
0: obviously. And
1: I don't know if that's by Terry, Terry's dad because the cider came from, quote unquote, Terry's dad. It's like, oh God, <laughs> yeah. who's that monster, <laughs> And so it's like, did Jason spike it? did Terry spike it? Did Terry's dad spike it? And I started going through this this idea that maybe the shopkeeper was Terry's dad. I don't know. It, I don't think that's true,
0: but but well, you know what it is they had a similar energy. They had a similar yes. energy. They were outdoorsy, med Hetty in a Carhartt with an attitude problem. Yeah. So you could see right. them being part of the same bloodline. But basically, the thing was, oh, Jason, I thought Jason was also drinking the cider. That was the thing that I was like, I saw yes. him sipping it too. So that's why I was like, okay, are you involved? Are you not? So early in the morning, like basically Anna wakes up with a headache, you know, the hangover you would have if you had been drugged, but she can't find Joan. The door to the house is wide open and she panics. She calls Jason. She goes looking outside while Jason is, you know, he's like, I'm on my way. And as she's walking the route, they she and Joan normally take their walks, She looks over and she sees Joan's body. She has, like, fallen over the edge is what it is. What it looks like. And she's dead. And She's gone.
1: And I did not remember that part of the log line. Like, it's one of those things. Usually we're saying this about a best gal pal of, like, You know, Tyrion didn't need to die. It's like, Joan, I didn't know Joan was going to die. And Mm. it was very upsetting to me. And I know that she's not nice to anybody but Anna. But they just had formed such a beautiful relationship. And I saw Joan changing right before our eyes into, like, a better, softer Joan. And it just was really, really sad.
0: I know. I know. You have a soft spot for women of a certain age, too. So I think that's what really takes it to that level. Because you
1: are like, well, it is also like... A tragic, terrible death, too. To like, for her to fall
0: to her death. Ugh. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like the way it went down. And it's like, they've also like, you know, Anna is in there. And they do seem to have a system in place. And... Just for her to go out like that was just really, it was, like, so sad. But then we see police tape, and it's like, okay, well, it looks like it was an accident, so why is there police tape? And it's because Carla is pressing charges of criminal negligence against Anna, and Carla blames Jason and his libido for even hiring Anna in the first place. And Anna is, like, sobbing. She's devastated. She cares about it. Look, honey, this is, like, day six, okay? I mean... Yeah. Anna has not worked here, it's been a week. And so, I mean, she's between, you know, obviously the peanut butter incident was already traumatizing for Anna and Joan and everyone else, and them for this to happen. She just feels terrible. And Jason blames Anna. Listen to this, y'all. Please, you have to believe me. I checked every
1: night. Oh, like,
2: like you checked the peanut butter, like that?
1: But you saw the receipt. Even you said that there's no way that- Look,
2: all I know is that we tell you that mom has a peanut allergy and then two days later she nearly dies from it. And then we tell you that the doors need to be secured at night and now- You know, Carla was right. I let my feelings for you blind me. Blind you to what? To your incompetence.
1: Uh, Jason, please. There's more. Terry and Carla, I saw-
2: Oh no, no, you don't. You don't try and pass blame on this, all right? Now you messed up, again. So own it. can't believe I trusted you. I have to go to the plant now and I have to tell them all what's happened. I need you out of the house today. You'd be paid for the days you worked.
1: Okay. And this is when we go, yeah, Jason, you are part of this family. Oh yeah. Because he's got that nasty streak. He's got the edge.
0: Too. But also, I, but this is me. This is another another lesson. What about Told you, okay? White wine is an olive branch. Okay. Always compliment a white woman's produce. Also, never go work for cold whites in the woods, okay? Oof. You can't be isolated in the middle of this family's Michigas insanity dynamic. Cause now mm-hmm. they're about to put a murder on you. You see, Mm -hmm. don't go to, don't go. Especially when somebody's like, oh yeah, we live in a tiny town away from everything. Do not go there. The money's too good to be true because it is too good to be true. Do not do it. Do not.
1: That's a great warning. Thank you. Before Anna is able to get out of the house, she's not even trying to clear herself. She's just like, how could this have happened? Right. So she goes to the site of the accident where Joan fell over the cliff and these ugly clogs that Joan hated are there. And she clocks that as weird. But before she's able to do any more investigating, Terry shows up and says she needs to leave, and then he starts dragging her by the arm. And I was like, Terry, I know.
0: get off of her. I know. But but then you see her say it, and Anna's like, don't touch me again, right? Like, that's when we started to see that part of Anna where she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not just sweet and shiny. It's like, don't you ever touch me. And you, know. you see Terry like, I don't think Terry was ready for that. He wasn't ready for that attitude. But then... And as she goes back to the house, you know, cause got to pack her stuff and she's in like in the garbage cans are outside. She sees the empty bottle of cider and she kind of sniffs it, but then doesn't do anything. And then she goes, she packs up, she leaves, she goes to the, to the grocery store. I'm like, why are you keep stopping at the grocery store? Don't say bye. Nobody remember you, but Anna go to the store. And basically I realized she's going. Cause at first I was like, is she saying bye? No, she wants have information, hadn't he? And everyone already knows Joan has died. And then she, she's like, hey, could we have bought peanut butter even though the receipt says soy butter? And he's like, nope. And
1: it's like, yes. Like, he's like, nope, no way. And it's like, I, sir, I know you want your roadside stand to be foolproof, but it is not. Like, that you. she could have. I. She did not. She did not. But she could have. I wish I could cross-examine this man. So- Then Anna asked the shopkeeper if Terry lost his hand while working for the Regan. So I did not know he had a missing hand. This is news to me. And we find out he did lose his hand. He didn't get any insurance payout. And so instead... They were like, you can come work at our house as the caretaker.
0: I don't think that's how (laughs) those situations work. You lost a hand, so come work for me. I'd be away from you. Last time I worked for you, I lost a hand.
1: (laughs) And you want me to do more hands-on things? Like, it's like, you want me to have an axe now? No! Where do I file workers' comp if if I work at your house? You,
0: Joan? No way. So at this point, I think Carla and Terry are together, and Carla... Is try- the, they're, all their whisper fighting is about trying to get Terry the money that was owed to him once Carla's in charge of the company. That was my theory. You see what I'm saying?
1: You mean together romantically? Yes. Insane. Okay. It is insane.
0: Insane. It is insane, but I'm like, okay, something is going on. Like, they got something going on with the two of them. I don't know yes. how, but they're both very mean for no reason, which would be a sexual bond.
1: True, true. I do want to mention quickly that Anna then calls her work friend and fills her in on all of this, and she's like, oh, my God. And it's like, Anna, she doesn't know these people. Like, she's like, <laughs> Jason, did the... And it's like, who... She's a busy. Why right? don't call her? Okay, so Anna goes back to the house that she has been fired by and is not supposed to be. She watches Terry leave, so then she breaks into the shed. She finds finds this notebook that has the security code for the house written on it. And then she finds these little notes back and forth that say she is suspecting something. So she goes to take a picture of this. The, her phone battery is dead.
0: And this is something that always gets me because this happens a lot in a Lifetime movie. This happened in Swindler's Seduction at one point where her phone is dead and she's plugging it. People love having a dead phone battery in a Lifetime movie. And I'm going to tell you this. My phone battery has never fully died in the Mm -hmm. entire two decades that I've had a cellular phone. Am I alone in this? I mean, are we really just out here living on 10% going about our business? So mine has died, but if I was in a situation where I
1: thought I was being framed for a crime, I do think I would have it 100% charged all the time. (laughs) Like I would would go to that roadside stand and I go, do you have remote chargers? Because that is actually what I need. CJ's phone dies all the time and we, are sometimes FaceTiming his sister and her phone dies all the time. And I go, this must be some sort of Toledano situation. This is a family trait. (laughs) Yeah, this is... You can't just have these phones die. They both have children. I know. When CJ and I started dating, I remember we got in a fight like leaving a sporting event and the fight basically resulted in me going, if we are going to continue dating, I need you to have your phone charged and I need you to have $20 cash, no matter what, because you just don't know what pops up. And he's Absolutely. like, no, do you also have to have $20 cash? I go, no, you don't need to have $20 cash
0: <laughs> for whatever situation. Because that's how I am in life, too. I always have a 20, and I always have a charged phone. I mean, I might get down to 40%, but that's only if I'm playing too many games of Gardenscapes or Boggle, okay? But if I know I need to be out, I'm going to stop. Wow, 40 is the lowest you go? Yeah, I ain't out here below 40. I, ain't out. I'm not, I wouldn't be out of the house lower than 40. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, In the house, yeah, it gets to 28%, but think about that. Now, just as Anna is looking into all this, Terry comes back. With a gas can. Anna has to hide. (laughs) But then Terry immediately notices, like, stuff is missing. Somebody's been in here. And he notices that notebook is gone. And he walks out. Anna grabs a box cutter. And then Terry, like, spots her. And he starts chasing her. She slashes his thigh with the box cutter. And then uses that same box cutter to slash his tire. And she goes away. Anna, Anna. Anna. And I said, this is what we want from our nursing angel. I know, but then I said, po' Terry, honey, he got no hand, maybe now no leg. You know what I mean? If she nicked I a know. major artery, I said, Terry, you lose it one limb at a time.
1: And it and it was sad because, like, we just learned he had no hand. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, my, like, it was like, oh, maybe that's why Terry's mean. I'm more on his side. And now it's like, well, nope, nope, his leg is cut, and so is his truck. Okay, oh, yeah. so that night, Anna goes to Regan Steel. and now we are at the location of the beginning of the film. Right. We have not been to this place before, but we know this because it's industrial. Mm-hmm. So she finds Jason in his office, and he is so mean to her. Like, he yeah. is Carl-level mean. Yeah,
0: yeah He's yeah. got
1: that Regan mean streak. And then he drags her by the arm, and I'm like, S-
0: everybody in this film needs to stop laying hands on Anna. I know, I know, I know. It's like, stop physically trying to drag her for places. And Anna is like, She's convinced Carla and Terry kill Joan, and she shows Jason the notebook she found in Terry's shed, and and Jason even admits that that's Carla's handwriting. And just FYI, Carla's handwriting is terrible. I have terrible handwriting. I have terrible handwriting. You do see? I think if you're a rich, fancy business lady, you better learn some cursive. Like I couldn't handle how what scrawl it was.
1: Yeah, like this is my
0: handwriting. Oh wow,
1: really? Well, yeah. Mm- no. People are surprised when they see how bad my handwriting is. They're like, "Oh, I would think that you would have like yeah. eyes with a heart." Yeah, I think and it's like, curse no, girl, nope, nope. I'm just chicken scratch because I got a lot of thoughts in my head. You know, I get them all out. Carlos, she's busy. She did not have time. I leave the last letter off of words a lot. That's how I was diagnosed with ADHD because they were like, "Girl, you didn't even finish writing these words."
0: Oh, I didn't know you had ADHD. This explains so much about when we're hosting.
1: I don't take anything <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Anna is certain that the she that they're referring to in the notes is about Joan. But then Carla appears from the shadows. Okay. Because now, again, they're just in this steel factory, mill, company, whatever and Carla appears in the shadows, and she's like, we were talking about Terry's wife. And that's when we learn Carla and Terry are having an affair. Y'all. What, what did I say? Carla and Terry were together. Don't make no kind of sense to me. But somehow they're in love. They have zero sexual chemistry. They uh, like to, they're
1: both so mean. <laughs> like, it's but, like maybe that's I think what that, they're having. That's what it, it is.
0: I think that's what's turning them on, is this anger. Ugh. And then. What's also surprising me is Jason is very much on cheating Terry's side. Listen to this.
2: Carla and Terry have been having an affair nearly a year now.
0: Why didn't you mention this to me before? Because
1: it's none of your business.
2: (sighs) Terry is married with kids. Can you imagine the mess if their secret got out? And that snake in your bed, that was some kind of clumsy warning. But now he finds you snooping in his shed, can you blame him for being mad? He probably thinks you're gonna try and blackmail him.
0: It's like, Jason is real bad. He's like, yeah, they've been together for a year and his wife's gonna be mad. How do you think, how mad do you think he's gonna be? It's like, Jason, why are you ch- like, caping for Terry? Terry's rude ass.
1: Stone River is a weird place.
0: It really is. Okay, so Anna won't drop it.
1: She's like, listen, something was weird with the cider and Jason like flips at this point. And he's like, you know how you're accusing people? I could accuse you. Yeah, And so he's like, just get out of here. <laughs> and so Anna brings up like, Joan was found barefoot. She never would have been barefoot. You can't walk on the rocks. And it didn't fully make sense to me. And Jason's like, I don't know. Maybe her clogs fell off. And Anna's like, how'd you know her clogs were there? She hated her
0: clogs. Exactly. And there'd be no way to know about the clogs unless you had been up in her room. Okay. Because basically Anna had pulled them out. Like they were like literally hidden in a chest. And she takes them out. She's like, look what I found, right? So you know the clogs are not out and about. They're not in conversation. They are not part of Joan's stylistic repertoire. And they're at the crime scene. Hello. And so, like, so well, how do you know? And then she also realized, she's like, I, I bet I'd find your fingerprints on that peanut butter, right? Yep. So what Megan said, she caught it earlier than me, but it was clear as day, because this one was a Canadian joint. Jason is the culprit. And listen to why.
2: I needed somebody trusting Someone naive didn't hurt that you were easy on the eyes.
0: Why did you need to bring somebody all up in your home life? The lengths you went to to find a patsy are terrifying to me.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because she ate the peanut butter. Like, you didn't need, you could have just given her, you could have had no nursing aid and given her the peanut butter. And um, unfortunately, I don't want them to be dead. Then it's a wrap. Anna
0: saved, so you brought Anna in and Anna saved her. Right. Right. And then, and then also what's crazy is like, and then your best thought was like, why don't I have her walk and fall? You didn't need Anna for that. Like, again, all the things you did, like, why would you embroil Anna in all this? There is no need for her to do this. And then, of course, Anna's like, oh, okay, you're crazy. You're a psycho. She like finally gets it. Jason starts chasing her. She like cuts him with the box cutter on his face. It looks like, or maybe she just like hits him in the face. At that point, Carla comes back, and all she sees is, like, Jason's bleeding. And, of course, Jason's like, Anna, Anna hurt me. So then they both start trying to catch her. Jason is the one with the crowbar. What we saw in Mm -hmm. the opening, thinking, oh, is that a woman with the crowbar? Nope, because we're now back in that opening scene. But now we got all that information, honey, and it's Jason. Jason is chasing Anna. And finally, you know, they start fighting. He's got her on the ground. And Carla has, you know, caught up with him. So she's watching this happen but she also hears this. Listen.
1: He killed Joan. He threw her off the ridge. How could
2: you? I did her a favor, Carla. She was gonna waste away. It was gonna be a slow death with no dignity. Now the allergy attack, that was gonna spare her the fall if not for your heroics. Dignity? You dragged her to her death? She came. She came willingly. After you passed out, I came back. I just told her that we had to go and look for Buster. She didn't suffer. It had to be done. The constant criticism and the nagging and the pitting us against each other.
0: She it's over. She can't control us anymore. <laughs> We're finally free. What I love about this moment is how quickly and easily Carla thinks Jason did it. Meaning, you know, there's not a, like, basically, literally, Anna's like, he killed Joan, he threw her. And Carla's like, how could you? It wasn't even like a, how dare you? What are you saying? He wouldn't do that. Not for a second. Carla goes, why you do it? Carla said, I don't need no convincing. He cray. My brother's rotten. I know. And so just as... Jason talking about we're finally free. <laughs> well, honey, you ain't free, no more. Anna kicked him in the crotch. She runs, and then Jason's like, he goes to Carla. We have to finish this, mm-hmm. and he's chasing. And then we see Carla pick up the weapon Anna had and follows. And I said,
1: "What?" And you're like, "Oh no! Are the t- are the siblings gonna band together?" Yeah, I'm like, "What for?" But as Jason closes in to attack Anna, who's now stuck at this locked door, Carla hits. Jason. Hello. And then Jason says, he'll kill Carla too. And so Anna's like, no, you won't. And she raises up her scrap metal and Carla goes, yep, do it. Finish
0: him. (laughs) Wax him. Oh my God. Cut to one year later. That's a pretty big jump. Yeah. Anna, we see Anna. She's on the phone with a guy named Mike and they're talking about their upcoming wedding. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said too soon. And yeah, this is the yeah. same thing that happened in Psycho Stripper. These people would just be like, oh, I met you a year ago, two days after my girlfriend died, and now we get married. You got to get to know people. I don't know what's with the lifetime fantasy of these, like, one-year relationships leading to marriage. It's very specific to lifetime.
1: Yes, and Anna, the last person you had a relationship with tried to kill you. So it's like you don't, you don't think you need to take a little bit more time getting to know someone? Exactly, exactly. But I guess my it's worked out so she's at this fancy restaurant she gets up to the table and her and carla hug, they hug. she's there to meet carla and i'm like yeah but carla was mean thank and carla you was in on it and now carla's like carla this the reason they're meeting is because they're like friends now also jason isn't dead i fully
0: thought he was dead i thought she killed him me too i thought it was a final blow i thought it was a final blow but no He's not dead. He got 30 years in prison and Carla's basically there to tell Anna that he dropped his appeal. So basically, you know, he's going behind bars. There's no way he's getting out and he's giving up fighting. And I I felt the same way too. Cause I was like, I was hoping in this dinner, they were, I was like, there's going to be a reason why Carla was such a bitch the whole time. There was never an explanation of like the pressure of my family. I'm sorry if I was rude to Mm -mm. you. I'm sorry if I, Mm -mm. you know, whatever. It was literally just like, Hey girl, hey! And then Carla gives Anna a picture of Joan, and it's nice. Like, I like this. She looked very cute, and she also gives her a check for a hundred thousand dollars. And we see it. We see the check and the hundred K. The hundred K. Uh huh. She worked there a week, one single week, and I'm like, this is so crazy. And then Anna says, like, Joan loved you very much, Carla. And they both cry and order a bottle of your finest champagne. I love when people say one finest week. champagne. One week. One week. I said, I hope Carla's paying for the champagne, even though mm-hmm. I know Anna just got 100K. And that's how the movie ends. But I'm going to tell you this. I now think every Lifetime movie should end with a white woman giving a woman of color $100,000. Wow. Talk about a happy ending. Talk yes. about a happy ending. If you just were like, he has some cash money up in here. And a bottle of champagne. I think 100K and a bottle of champagne. Every woman who suffers in a Lifetime movie she should get hundred k from any white woman. I don't care who she is. I don't care if it's a woman we haven't even seen dur- during the rest of the film. Just her coming up to her wherever she is in life, giving her hundred k and saying, "You're fine as champagne."
1: I hope Carla is in therapy and really sorting through her own demons because
0: yeah, uh, like yeah, did yeah, yeah, Terry yeah, yeah. tell
1: did Terry tell his wife?
0: Right. We don't know what's going on with that. That was another thing too. If she was like, "Hey, sorry, I was a bitch. I was in a relationship with our married groundskeeper and it really stressed me out. Like, I needed something." to explain why carla was so nasty from yeah. the beginning. and then she's like i never thought my brother would do something like this and that's like all she says she's like i'm sorry i never thought my brother would do something like this
1: killing an old person is extra evil and it it's is. also like they're going to die i know i know what are we doing Jason? i know, I know. so justice for buster still still like <laughs> did
0: jason poison buster i don't did did someone in town? Well, that exactly is a reference to Buster where it's like he was poisoned. It's like, did Jason do that? Because like if Buster was there, he wouldn't have been able to sneak around the house. You know what I mean? Because the dog would have alerted her. It's like, so it's like you really like you can't mention because you know how I am about dogs. And, you know, we got a lovely review that was like they always mention when, a, when an animal <laughs> is killed or injured and give a warning people respect our priorities you know we didn't see buster but now there's the implication that there might have been some foul play vis-a-vis buster and it's like that no thank you i need i need to close the loop on that i bet terry did it just for fun because he's that sick such a creep we hope you loved that throwback secrets in the family i'm telling you that one really brings home the lifetime rule don't go into the woods Next week, we kick off Black Music History Month. Oh, yes, we do. We're talking all things TLC. Yes, the iconic girl group TLC, with a lifetime premiere of TLC Forever. This documentary film follows the revolutionary, top-selling American female group of all time who broke boundaries, influenced an entire generation, and survived against all odds. T-Boz and Chili tell their story for the first time in this feature documentary. So watch it Saturday, June 3rd at 8 p.m. only on Lifetime. We'll see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN, because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two- Amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime, and they get into the nitty-gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, that's my jam.
1: This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. This episode is produced by Aisha Jordan and Elizabeth Scadden,
0: With sound editing and mixing by The Podglomerate.
1: Executive produced by Jesse Katz.
0: With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by... Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the hosts, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll
1: put ourselves in the credits.
2: <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style
0: game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,